and... Oh my god, we suck at this. <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry, okay, okay. Wait, can I cut you off? That's incredibly rude. Ooh, okay, we're going there. Uh, I like that we're being loose. I like being loose too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all sitting on camera here. Here we go. Oh, I love that though. No, I love that. We're back. Hello, bitches. <laughs> it's Austin. It's oh. Cam Cam. <laughs> We are so bad at doing intros, but that's okay. <laughs> We're literally so bad because I'm waiting for you, but you're waiting for me, and then we always talk at the same time, which I think is funny. Yeah. I feel like we're used to having the spotlight, but not in a way that like has ever meant anything. And now that we're, you know, in this platform, in this position, we do not know what to do. Like not media trained at all. First off, I'm more less media trained than you are, just FYI listeners. We always meet like 30 minutes to 45 minutes before this because A, I can never get my mic right. And B, Cam is a producer. Like he is walking me through what we're talking about today, briefing me on the questions. We have everything outlined, but Cam, I feel like a celebrity every time before this because you're like, here's what's happening today. Here's the inspiration. Are you ready for this? Like you give me a pump up speech. I'm glad. Yeah. No, I don't want you to go in blind and have like no idea what we're talking about. But yeah. Also, I also no, you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, you go. No, I'll go. I bit my tongue, and so I might sound like more gay lesby than normal. Huh, interesting. Do you hear it? Not at all, but oh. maybe you just always sound gay lesby, and that's what we're getting. Okay. That was, that was shitty, actually. That was homophobic. I take it back. No, I have an amazing gay list. It's so sassy and crisp. Like It's sharp. It's strong. I actually am afraid of it. It's violent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Your words are violent. Um, what's good, girl? I feel like I haven't talked to you in like a full week. Yeah, because I started this new job and I feel like I've just been less available, but I miss you. I know. It's funny because you started this new job. My job has gotten busy again. And like you and I were really like in the lap of luxury and not really doing like a full time amount of work. And now we're back at it. Girl bosses. What you know about it. (laughs) Yeah. What did you do without a license this week? Ooh, so I was thinking about this before we got on and there's so many. I would say number one, I am baking without a license. I'm in the middle of making bread. By the way, I might need to take a break um, and just like do a quick thing with the bread. But Oh, I was wondering, you're like, hold on before we start recording. I need to check my bread. (laughs) (laughs) Rise and grind, come get this bread. Yes, I'm a baker. I make bread. Um, it's sort of was my quarantine personality and I'm making some loaves because I need carbs, but also I am rounding third base on sober January and feeling like mucho clarity, feeling like such a clear head as you chug your wine, (laughs) mucho clarity. (laughs) It's been a nice experience. I feel like very happy that I I've made it this far. So I am, um, I don't know, being sober without a license, but bitch, you're coming back and <laughs> it's an end to sober month. I know. Watch out. You might want to buy some milk thistle in preparation. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is that a hangover cure? It's like a liver cleanser pill. <laughs> oh my God. Milk thistle. I feel like I met a drag queen named milk thistle. That would actually be a good up. drag name. Yeah. I don't and know. I don't want to be boring, but I don't really have anything I did without a license this week. 
yeah, I feel like last week was about the new job and like you've just continued to. I've to, just uh, been doing my new job. Um, I guess my announcement is I'm coming back to New York next Friday, nine days. Pew, pew, pew. And I'm on the hunt for an apartment. And you know what? Fuck being cool and living in West Village or Soho. I think I'm pretty skung ho on Fight Eye. That's wild. Make it a like really chic, popular neighborhood. Thank you. I'm glad that you think so highly of me that you think if I move to Fight Eye, it'll become cool. But we'll see. I'm trying to spin. I'm trying to spin it as positively as I can. You're moving to like a bodega desert. I'm nervous for you. Yeah. What am I going to do when I get home at 3 a.m. and all I want are three things: a coconut water. Flaming Hot Cheetos and a Snickers. What do I do? Fourth thing, a man. But like, there's men down there, right? Oh my God, do people speaking... live in Fidei? Well, that's the problem now is they built all these luxury buildings and now there's too many apartments. Um, speaking of a man, I'm going to come back to New York, the only person that's single. Like I, during COVID, everyone got a boyfriend. So if you want to uh, date me, true. can you slide into my DMs? Thank you. Yes, yeah, slide into the DMs. Um, Alston needs a man. But honestly, no. I don't need a man. True. I don't need a man. Fair. Alston would like the company of a gentleman. <laughs> um, I don't have a boyfriend, so we're single together. Uh. But you like have someone you talk to that like tells you you're amazing and hot, and like you guys bone. Yes, but he lives on the other side of the country, which like low key, kind of the perfect situation. Although travel's so hard right now, we haven't seen each other in a minute, and it's starting to like. Get to me, but do you guys FaceTime like Nike or how do you? No, actually, that's such a good question. I hate. I don't like that because I went to film school and I'm way too conscious of how I look on camera. The lighting needs to be just so. (laughs) So what I what we do is we share a we have a shared album on our on like our phone and like I'll like make sexy videos for him that are like art pieces Um, (laughs) your img model submittal video exactly and like we just we have like basically put all of our nudes into one folder for each other to like use at our leisure whenever we decide honestly though it's gonna probably be another month until i get to see him again so like i might have to adopt some cyber perfect situation if you want to be added to the shared folder go ahead and follow us at wall underscore pod on instagram <laughs> and, and go ahead and send us your email we'll add you to this shared folder we'll put it under advice <laughs> so what are we talking about today well we're picking up on our convo we started uh last week about friendship um, as we, we go kinda, on we remember, we remember Oh, it's so hard with the delay. <laughs> Yo, when we are, when the next, the, the, ep- oh, announcement. So we also fucked up and started this early. This should have, this should be the first. Anyways, we're going to have an extra episode this season. The season finale will actually be us together again. And like, just so you're aware, the music is going to go off. Like, Woof, we're going to be singing. We'll finally be able to like be on, you know, in time. <laughs> And we can finally show you guys, like, our full talented potential. Triple I feel like, you know what, though, Cam? Like, we hooked people because we were together in the first one. And I don't know, user engagement, haven't looked at the data recently. But I feel like going out with a bang together is just going to really round it out. For sure. I mean, the engagement is is all right. I think, you know, if you're, if you're hearing this and you haven't made it to the end of the last episodes, please share, subscribe, tell your friends, 
make your friends listen to it. Just open it on Spotify and let it play while you're asleep. I don't give a fuck, but we're just trying to get more people on this, <laughs> on the, on the without a license train. Um, but yeah, so we're picking up on friendship. Let's kick it off. I'm curious about a specific portion of your coming out story, specifically coming out to friends. I feel like the classic coming out tale is like, Oh, my parents and this and that, but like coming out to friends is a different experience. Um, also can be good and bad, but I'm interested what it was like for you. Yeah. Coming out stories are a little bit hard for me because it's pretty indicative of my personality where I'm like, Hey, here's who I am. Like, what's mm-hmm. up? But I, as I was thinking about this, there was this one girlfriend of mine and it was in middle school. I was in eighth grade and we were like walking to get smoothies or something. And I remember asking her, would, what would you think if I liked guys? And she was like, cool. Love that. And then that was basically it. I think the turmoil isn't, the turmoil for me wasn't telling people I was gay. It was more about me coming to terms with it and like what that meant, like the internal agony of understanding and formulating what that means to you was more shocking. Like, how do I figure out who I am early on? And mind you, what? I'm like prepubescent, like I'm 11 years old. So. Yeah, I mean, you're lucky in that sense that, like, you know, you got to a, that place quickly. I definitely struggled with that growing up. I think I went through, like, most of my early adolescence in high school, like, hoping that it would go away or that, like, I could I could trick myself into not being it. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I attempted the alternative. Wasn't for me. <laughs> um, Wait. But, yeah, I think. Can I ask what? a question? Of course. So did you have a lot of girlfriends? No, but I, you know, I sampled the merchandise. That's for sure. God, that makes me want to throw up. Okay, keep going. I mean, it wasn't bad. I actually enjoyed those experiences. Like sex and and like physical intimacy is like a beautiful thing, regardless of who you're having it with. And and I truly did enjoy those experiences. But I knew emotionally I was never going to be able to like love a woman or have feelings for a woman the way that like my heart is a flutter for, you know, them dudes. Yeah. You love them dudes. Me too. I do be, I do be loving boys, but, um, (laughs) but yeah, so, I mean, that was, that was hard to like watch everybody come into their own kind of like sexually and romantically in high school and in early adolescence. And I was like really in this tough, shitty position. And and like you said, it's like, I was the hardest on myself. I didn't have like mm-hmm. a lot of bullies that were, you know, outing me or any of that. I, I really, it was more, I, I tortured myself, mm-hmm. you know, more so than anybody else could. So I didn't come out until like college age. I was down in Florida and to all my new friends, it was really easy because I was in a new place where I didn't know anyone. It was truly like, you know, the first version of me reinventing myself. And we'll get into that concept. Yeah. And I love that because you also, they have no preconceived notions of who you used to be. Right. So there's like a little bit of freedom in revealing something yeah. new. Yeah. And I think some people think of that concept as fake, but I actually think it's like an important part of growing up. But I will say, I, you know, from a distance came out to a lot of my close friends because I was super, I almost said super popular. Wow. Um, I had a lot of friends (laughs) in high school. Um, I was sort of that guy who was like friends with every crowd. Um, And I had, I had some ride or die, like homegirls 
and guys really, uh, you know, especially towards the end of high school. And I have to say, like, I called all my girlfriends and they were super supportive and all really new on some level, but, you know, wanted to give me the space to come out on my own and were super proud and happy. And then what was really shocking and like really amazing for my experience was coming home for that first holiday season after like everybody pretty much knew Mm -hmm. and like, I actually forged these incredible relationships with all these guys who I kept at a distance because I was so, you know, like toxic masculinity sort of gave me this fear of like being around boys. And, and I had to fake, that was like the the one group I had to fake being straight in front of the most. And I thought they were going to be the most judgmental, but like there was really only one person that was shitty to me, maybe a couple people that were shitty to me after I came out. But for the most part, like everyone was super cool with it. If anything, I felt like guys I went to high school with asked me more about it than girls did. And like multiple people were like, I'm really happy for you, really proud of you. It was like this really amazing reception, which I cherish to this day. I love that. I think that's Mm. actually an interesting point because I feel like my straight guy friends are more curious about, like they definitely ask more questions about gay life because I think girls are more incorporated a lot of times so they don't really have many questions or probably you're like their hype man so they don't really care about the rest of the things mm-hmm. going on um, yeah i think the so, male the gay the gay male straight female relationship is unique too because you know women are are societally like a little bit freer with their own sexuality so queerness to them is not as taboo in some levels whereas i think straight guys are so locked into their their role that they're not really allowed to experiment or explore and i find that Mm. curiosity endearing because i'm like oh you are actually curious Mm. about like what it might be like and Mm -hmm. on some level everyone's a little gay so (laughs) listen my motto is gay till proven straight (laughs) (laughs) wait i love that i've never heard that before that's why I get in my these little pickles when I go out with my girlfriends, picking up all these straight dudes. Do you want to hear something shocking about me? Well, not shocking, but like I feel like most gay people I know have this like have like a straight flipping a straight guy experience, and I truly don't. Like I've never been some straight guy's experiment before. Like I've never had that experience of like somebody coming into my orbit as a straight person straight man who then like I experiment with, but you know, I'm still young ish. 2021 goals. I'll help with that. <laughs> Come out with me. We'll find a plenty. LOL. That's going to be our new vibe. Honestly, maybe that's, for it, maybe like COVID New York, like that's setting the stage. It's honestly not good for your mental psyche because you obviously want a like partner at this age, or at least I do. And yeah. those people are not trying to be gay. who was your first gay friend um i would say in college there was a couple of people who to a surprise to no one listening to this like i eventually or almost immediately like hooked up with and complicated things there was a couple of friends (laughs) in, in college that i i crossed that boundary too quickly or too hastily and kind of ruined it Um, not ruined it, but it sort of held us back from getting really close. And then when I moved home and was working in Boston, it was similar. Like I, I remember struggling to make gay friends because I moved home after school. All of my high school friends were in, you know, I lived with high school friends in the city. I was around them a lot. 
And um, I just was really trying to make gay friends, but it was hard. Either like they had feelings for me and it didn't work out or I had feelings for them or, you know, I ended up dating and moving mm-hmm. in with one, uh, somebody who I was a really good friend with. And then we started basically hooking up and he became my boyfriend. But anyway, so my I, w- I always say like my first true, real, like close gay friend is my, my now best friend, Tyler, whom I like, He's I, I I identify him as like my first platonic gay friend who like really taught me about like the brotherhood and friendship and like what that means as a mm-hmm. gay man. And mm-hmm. from that moment on, I was like addicted to making gay friends. I'm like, this is what I want. I want this like strong familial like bond with these people who understand me on the level that like even my closest family members do. But what about you? Did you have a lot of gay friends in high school or were you kind of like the number one that like main bitch? I'm always the main bitch. Thank you for asking. <laughs> um, but no, I was like the only one. Well, there were other couple gay guys in my grade, but I was, <laughs> I was just like really popular. Like I was, mm. I was senior class president. I was on the varsity tennis team. I was on dance team. Like I just like was not really those people. Like I feel like got the, yeah, those people were the outcast gay people, which. Yeah. It's sad. And like, we shouldn't stand for that. But I think I was like using that, my like popularity privilege to like not be classified in that way. Well, I think whether or not you're gay or anything, it's like you don't want to be in that group. You know, like right. a fringe person in high school feels really lonely right. and isolated. People were like, if you want to go to prom, you better be friends with Alston. Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. I didn't really make my first gay friend until maybe the end of college. So I was in a fraternity in college and most of my friends were straight. And then I lived my senior year in college. I lived in LA because I was doing school part-time my senior year um, on track to graduate early, but also doing a fashion PR internship. And it was this guy, Anthony and I became really good friends with him and he introduced me a bunch of, he went to UCLA and like his UCLA gay friends. And he was like the first gay friend I had who had like a group of gay people that he hung out with all the time. So it was really fun. It was, I mean, it was my first introduction to binge drinking and eating a lot of fast food and Taco Bell, but. um, So it really formed your personality. (laughs) <laughs> it, was, <laughs> fuck you. it was a formative experience yes because i still do all of those things <laughs> but it i don't know it kind of taught me how to be gay is that weird to say like feeling comfortable in your own skin going out to gay bars um vodka sodas which is like a standard gay drink like i'd never had that i think i was drinking rum and cokes or mm. taking handle pulls of taka that came from our ice cream refrigerator in the frat house taking handle pulls like was Word. not gay refined in any means that's so funny because like you do part of like the entree into gay lifestyle is like learning what drinks to order like like a rum and coke is a straight beverage let's be honest is a no one beverage is a no one beverage by the way Honestly, you order a rum and coke be- like come on <laughs> do you Psychotic. like rum and cokes no but the t- while we're talking about it there is a bit of nostalgia that's coming over me that i'm like i want to have one <laughs> but rum honestly is such a trap i don't fuck with rum really anymore at all yeah i gained 1000 pounds hot 
Well, that's interesting. So what were his gay friends like? Like, was he, did they, I don't know, like, what what kind of, you know, give me the classification. Well, I mean, they were all pretty, they're just very heteronormative gays. Like, wore mm. plaid button-ups. Like, they didn't really emerge, like, I don't feel like there wasn't, like, fashion back, you yeah. know, or at least it's not, like, a New York scene where people are, like, into that. Um right. But it was, like, typical. I mean, not that different than the friends I have now. It was, like, you know, pretty, like, straight-passing gay dudes. And they just loved to drink a lot of vodka. And, like, we would watch music videos and go to parties and that kind of stuff. So, like, not much has changed. So, I guess gay culture doesn't <laughs> change in a decade. But It is an exciting time, though. I, 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 like, fondly remember my, like, you know, first dalliances into, like, going out social culture as a gay mm-hmm. person. And, like, it is uniquely terrifying and so exciting and fun. And, like, despite the, like, major social anxiety that at least I, I felt early on, I still wanted to go back every single time. Like, it was always such an adventure, which was fun. It was just, you know, the feeling when you first walk into, like, a gay club and... It's just so fucking extra. It's like mm-hmm. shirts off, music, lights everywhere. There's go-go dancers. They're playing like mm-hmm. top pop hits, you know, and everyone is just living, having such a good time. Yeah. And it's it's weird to experience a space that's like everything you want, all your wildest fantasies are like mm-hmm. both in your face and totally allowed. And it's yeah. like... It's such a, I, I always equate it to my first time, like stepping off the ferry into Provincetown from Boston. There's like a ferry that goes across the bay and walking into Provincetown and being like, oh, everybody here is gay. And like, I can be myself and do the things I want to do openly and out in the air. Not that I couldn't anywhere else. It just was like, wow, like this is us. This is like my thing. It was such like a profound moment. Wait, I didn't know there is a ferry from Boston to P-Town. I've only ever driven. Yeah, because the drive is long. I think from Boston, it's like probably two and a half, three hours. And if there's traffic, it's even worse. But there's like a 90-minute ferry. It's so fun. Similar to the Fire Island ferry, but it's like 90 minutes long. So you meet. Long, so you're drinking. Oh, yeah. It's so, it's like the the first kind of like step, the first part of the journey. It's like you're leaving the straight world and diving into p-town i love that have you ever been to p-town i went once with my ex-boyfriend can we go together yeah that would be so fun i'd love to go with you and like simon wait we totally broke our like rule number one of not name dropping people are you gonna be we can name drop our friends just no no last names okay hi simon hi we love you um your bread's done please hold it's not done hold let's take a little quick break (laughs) one sec But no, so jumping back in, we're getting off track as usual. But I think what's interesting in these early years, like in terms of making friends, is that it is really an experiment in deciding on your identity. It's like you're, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. like like Mm -hmm. those first walk, you know, those first days walking into gay bars or into P Town, whatever. It's like you see like this wildly diverse group of people age, race, like expression, whatever. And like you're like, wait who which one am I and it's really hard to I think that was that was the hardest part for me at least like post coming out is like okay I'm gay but like what does that actually mean right because I think there's a lot of gay segmentation like there's so many types of subcultures within the gay community and you kind of have to pick where you fall or or not necessarily pick but explore a lot of them to figure out where what your identity as a gay person is 
You know? Absolutely. I think I think I, f- I felt really lost in those early years. Um, that was like actually what initially put me in therapy was my mom was like, after I came out, she's like, you really need to like figure this out. Cause I was, I was kind of down. I was like, I'm out. This is great. Like that weight is lifted off my shoulders, but now there's this like crushing pressure of like trying to figure out who I am and, and how to operate within this world. And, and like, you're in like a dressing room, you're trying on all these different clothes to figure out like who you are. And, and I think that like, I, that translates into friendships. Cause I think a lot of my friend changeover was really that it's like, who, who do I see myself in? And like, I want to, I, I get close to people who feel like me. And I think you try, it's like, am I that t- kind of gay guy? Am I this kind of gay guy? Am I a bitchy? Am I, you know, whatever. Um, did you have that kind of trajectory, I guess, as you were kind of growing up as an adult? Yeah, it's a good question. I think when I was thinking through this, I still struggle with this because I have really polar opposite two sides of me i have the really superficial party boy persona and then i have my boss professional really good at my job really love being a professional and having higher level conversations about books and articles and i don't know documentaries you know and so it's hard to find that balance and i think for a long time i've leaned always on the party side because it's just so much easier to meet so many more people in that way yeah. or so i found because of you're going out and i love to be social and so that i think was really hard because it started weighing on me because i felt like i didn't have any value or connection with people that i was going out with Oh, and I think when we go back to like my first gay friend, Anthony, I felt like you're also an outsider in that group, right? Like I was just there for, you know, six months and they had all been friends before and they were probably four, four years older than me, had already been friends for a long time. So I always felt a little bit too like an outsider because I was just kind of the new person who was only going to be there for six months. And so I wasn't able to build strong foundational relationships with people. And I think we talked about this in an, in an earlier episode just about like relationships, but I really, it was a disservice to my personal growth to be in a long-term relationships back to back in my early 20s because I relied so heavily on my boyfriends to formulate my identity. And I don't think until the last two years where I've really been able to, I guess it's sort of rude to say, but try out new friends and... Mm dress differently and go to different parts of the city and try new bars and exploring really who I am. It's from the sounds of it, you're kind of in that stage where you're like, I'm trying to like, I hate this word, but like curate the, my like close circle in a, in a way that's more representative of who I am and where like mm-hmm. the things that I, I am most interested in are the things that these people value. I think mm-hmm. that's like a hugely important step to Listen, take. Listen, I've just changed so much over time in terms of boundary setting, mm-hmm. you know, like, the, there's so many innate things about me that haven't changed. I love drinking. I love partying. I love dancing. I love being with friends. I love laughing. That will never change. But what changes is who I choose to spend my time doing those things with and changing the persona of who I am, who I want to see myself reflected in others. You know, when you look at your friend group, you want to look at people who have the same you know, professional aspirations that you do who are inspiring, but who also tap into your creative side. That's important for me, right? Whether that's fashion or you have other interesting side hobbies. And it's, it's interesting. It's like you're, you discover new people, they become a huge part of your life and you can sometimes get tricked into thinking like, that's who you are. Like I've definitely 
you know, been part of friend groups and they've accepted me in and, and I've, I was attracted to them because they were interested in me and I didn't do a lot of digging or searching of like, do these people really like me or do they like that I'm a reflection of who they are? And you kind of have to Mm. like, you know, go through that a few times before you're like, okay, like I'm not pretending to be anything for these people. That's to me is a sign of like a genuine friendship and like very much so important to find. Really important to find and really important to find the differentiator too from what you're talking about, which is, am I in a room full of people who are just like me because it's easy and we can relate to each other? Or am I in a room with people because we all truly genuinely know each other as friends, right? I think that's a really slight differentiation, but a huge important one. If we're talking yeah. about setting boundaries and and then that lens that I'm thinking through. It's super subtle. And like, I think about, we've talked about the idea of like a party friend before. I think, you know, partying as a gay man is so fun and so freeing and such a great experience, but it needs to be a complement to ac- like other activities. I think that there's a dark side of, of the, you know, the party culture that's very like, almost overly escapist. Like you can't really connect with people at a party. It's really more about letting go. And, and that's a beautiful experience, but it can't, it does not fill in for like genuine, authentic connection and understanding. Mm -hmm. And I think some of us get into like, okay, like I have all these friends that I go out with, but like, I can't call any of them if I'm in trouble or I don't Mm -hmm. have a shoulder to really cry on when I'm going through hard stuff because the expectation is that I'm fun and having a great time all the time. And if I show up bummed, you know, it's like, it's not always like an acceptable mood to be in, uh, you know, at the club. <laughs> yeah. <it's> like, <laughs> what's wrong with that person? What are they doing? So, truly. Actually, so what, what do you do? I think this is an interesting point where you change and you kind of evolve mm. like from a worm to a butterfly and people can't or haven't accept you changing or growing. Like, yeah. How does that happen to you? And I'm curious to hear about that. It's hard. That's a hard one to notice. Like, because people have come in and out of my life for so many different reasons. And I imagine like, it's for me, at least it's always been more of a mutual understanding that like, okay, we're growing apart. And, and, and it's been so subtle of like, it's not even discussed. It's just kind of like, I see less and less of people because, you know, like while we really related to a specific time and place and each other in that time and place, like as I move on, you know, it's like, I don't have that common ground with people and they just kind of phase out of your life. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like you meet people sometimes when you're out and you're like, I love this person. They're so fun. They're, I can't believe I like have met my actual match. And you don't really know like if that's Mm going to stick. I mean, even with you, and I don't think I consciously thought of this, but like when we first started hanging out, it was very much as like friends out in the world. And I think, you know, we could have easily stuck as friends in that realm, but it became clear the more and more time Mm -hmm. we spent together that there was like a deeper, more trusting. I remember being out with you and you pulling me aside at certain points and being like, I'm really struggling with something. And I genuinely cared and was like, oh shit, like, let's talk. Like I could have easily been like, no diva, like I'm not doing this at the boom, Mm -hmm. boom room. Like, but I remember caring and like that was 
you know, a huge part of, I think, why oh. we ended up getting so close. But I felt really honored. I was like, wow, this person actually trusts me and wants, knows yeah. that they're safe to, like, confide in me in that level. And, you know, it made a huge difference. I hope it wasn't a buzzkill. I'm like, ah, boom, boom, boom. I'm like, hey, I have a dilemma. Um, no. No, and I think when I think about you, I remember in the initial, you know, in the initial getting to know friends phase where people are reaching out, like, hey, what are you doing this weekend? Like, want to hang out on Friday, blah, blah, blah. I remember feeling so bad because I wanted to be available to be uh, presenting out with you. And I remember being like, Cam is somebody that I need to invest in and Mm. make the time to hang out with because it's really rare to feel that kind of friendship connection with somebody. And I immediately recognized it when we first met. Um, And I remember like that first year being like, fuck, like I need to, what am I doing? I need to hang out with Cam. So what's interesting is I think we were both kind of on the same wavelength in a way of like Mm -hmm. both realizing like I love going out I love having a good time with my friends but like Mm -hmm. I don't balance the interpersonal stuff Mm -hmm. well and it's it's weighing on me deeply that like and it's like a hangover it's like I have such a good time with these people but then I feel really lonely when we're not doing that and Mm -hmm. you know if I if I don't have an opportunity to meet them in that space and I really don't get a chance to connect with them on Mm -hmm. any level one thing with the growth part, and I don't think it has anything to do with a particular person, a challenge that I've had is seeing people get into relationships that just disappear. That's annoying. Yeah. In my mind, because I've been in situations where I personally have given too much time to relationships and I've done it to myself, I look and I'm like, don't you value having your own time and your own friends? And there's so many people that I've loved hanging out with that I've gotten close with in New York that got boyfriends and just decided that they're going to be just within boyfriend realm. That to me is a hard pill to swallow, but I understand that because in their lens, they might not want to be like, I probably wasn't somebody that they wanted to explore as a friendship either. You know? Well, I think what happens to like, I think you and I are rare in the sense that like, or not necessarily rare, at least like in my... We are. Rare, <laughs> unique. <laughs> Wagyu rare, baby. But I, hey, but we, um, I think when I think about a lot of my friends, like a lot of them haven't really had, mul- like I've had multiple serious relationships that I, I had early on. And I think my real focus when I came out is like, I, I was so lonely for so long. I was like, I need a boy. Like I need romantic connection. And that's where I put all my eggs and I've swung in the other direction. And it seems as though like everybody else did it the opposite. And so I get that kind of frustration, but at the same time, I'm kind of like, if somebody's like in a new thing, I'm like, go off, like go have like the romantic, people have to learn that balance on their own and you bitching at them for not, you know, making time for you as a friend is is never going to be like the answer. Oh no no no! I would never bitch at them. It's just of like, course not. Sad. I'm like you're leaving me. It's disappointing, but I try and like communicate with those people. I'm like, yo, like I love that you're with this person, but like, can you bring them out with you so that we can spend time together and like? Oh no! Or the flip is when they only you ask them to hang out and they're like, oh my so-and-so is coming too. And you're like, no, yeah. I need one-on-one time with you. Why does your boyfriend always have to be there? Codependency is a disease. <laughs> but I get it. I think, you know, when it's you- It's a pandemic. Spending time like on your own romantically can be, you know, when you finally find it, it's 
you get that weird separation anxiety of like, I didn't have it for so long that I'm like, I'm allergic to the feeling of not being around it. And, you know, people got to figure that out, that balance out. Eventually what they'll realize is that men are trash and they should never be in relationships with them. So just kidding. That's not true. Wait, can I sidebar really quick? So yes, I'm in my routine now. I'm like on TikTok like at night before I go to sleep. Like who doesn't? And have you gotten those like witchy TikToks with the tarot cards? Constantly. Okay. And I read way too deeply into them. I'm like, how do they know? Like for weeks, I'm like, oh my God, I'm getting the same one. Like my person's coming. And I'm like, because I spend time watching it or I probably liked one of them. I should go back in my history and see. And so it's just re-triggering it. Don't let the robots like dictate your life because that's what's happening. Listen, if the robots can manifest a man for me that is right for me... Go off. Okay, can I, can I sidebar about the term manifest and why it's having a fucking moment right now? Like, everyone's manifesting some shit. Like, I manifest everything. I manifested you, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you are responsible for me being alive. You're, you might be right. Even though I was born first. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, no, I'm saying I manifested the friendship. Oh, my God. Fair, fair, fair. Conceded. It's just one of, it's a buzzword and I'm like, I fucking hate buzzwords. They're so stupid. But on the, uh, another sort of sidebar on TikTok, what I do not like is that fucking guy who pops up after you've been swiping for an hour and he's like, like, yo, 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 chill. Yes. Yes. I'm like, okay, bitch, I don't already, I don't need to feel worse about being on TikTok for this long. I get that it's midnight. I see you midnight. Like lay off. God. Oh my God. At TikTok. Yeah, fix that. Get rid of that. Can how do get I get rid, rid of, of that him. guy? First off, as someone who works in technology, like, don't you want engagement to keep going? Like, relax with the get off my platform situation. I think they want to pretend like there's some sort of like good that they're doing for the world. No, they don't care. They want you to be on it every day, all day. One hundred percent. I just watched a crazy interview with Elon Musk about artificial intelligence, and like, mm. he basically was like. We've, we're too far, we're too deep. The machines are going to take over and like, that's that. I'm like, cool, I hope I'm dead by then. Anywho. <laughs> As Woo! someone who works in data and AI. You're like, yeah, girl. They're coming. No, this, is, <laughs> this is a simulation. <laughs> Wait, okay, let's get back on track. We, we are all, all scatterbrains today. I have a, like a kind of sidebar but related question. Were you yeah. ever, were you ever part of a, a group or... Have you ever engaged in sort of like toxic friend, like bullying and like, like this, there is such a thing with gays where it's like, we're, we love each other and we rag on each other and we make fun of each other or we like are shitty about other people. Like, do you ever, were you ever like that? Were you ever with a group of people that were like all about being like catty, cunty bitches? Yeah, I started <laughs> you were the re- you were the Regina well, George. Well, okay, so it was funny when when we were outlining this. I was thinking, and unfortunately, I feel like as somebody who has a lot of energy, that people gravitate towards my opinions and my reflections. And mm. I'm definitely somebody who likes to formulate quick bonds with people and have a lot of inside jokes. I'm even thinking of like the core four thing from fire Island. Like Mm. we're like screaming that everywhere. There's like actually 10 people in the house. Do you know what I mean? Um, So I think I find myself in a self-reflection moment thinking that I probably contribute to a lot of that because I like to have that around me. Not, I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. 
Um, have I mm. personally been bullied or made fun of in cliques in gay culture? Probably, but I honestly don't notice it because I'm involved with creating other cliques and moments of judgment, truthfully. And that's not good. Yeah. I mean, we all, it's always behind your back when we talk shit about you. So, oh, yeah. So, um, if we say you like, we like you, we don't. So, make sure you check yourself. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like when I think about our relationship and we're in a room together and we're at a party, like we, the two of us are laughing so hard in comparison to the other party. Like that would, that I think would be conclusive of being inclu- exclusive. Like we're having the best time talking about things or people or references that others don't know about that's exclusion don't you think for sure i think we're definitely guilty of it on some level um i think exclusion is a tough one because like listen not everyone's gonna be for you and like you and i like to have a good time and there's like a certain a certain kind of shorthand with our friends where like we all understand what everybody means and where we're going and like we've have like unwritten rules about like what is okay to make fun of each other for because it's yes. funny yeah versus what is like shitty to like we would never be like bring up something truly like we know where the boundaries are i think mm-hmm. where it gets a little sticky is when new people come into the orbit and aren't necessarily that way. I can think of a specific example, I think from this summer, where there was a new person in my house, you were with me, you were in the house too, um, that I didn't know very well. And I was hanging out with you all day and you and I were like, bing, bang, boom. Like, Wait, I'm literally squinting. I can't wait, keep going. So you'll remember who it is when I get to the story. So we were, you and I are like making fun of each other, making fun of ourselves. Like there's a bit of self-deprecation in our humor. We're just laughing at everything. Like we're, we're truly like goofballs. Like we don't get hit on because we're fully just like going for the joke and that's it. And like, apparently people don't like to fuck funny people, but whatever. Um, but no, I remember we were, I was, I was bragging on somebody that the way that I would rag on you in a way that I know is safe and that you're not going to, get your feelings hurt. And you yeah. literally pulled me aside at one point And I thanked you. I thank you for doing this. You were like, Hey, just so you know, like so-and-so is pretty sensitive and the way you were kind of like shitting on them about this specific thing. Like, I think he took it personally. And like, I remember being like, Oh fuck. Like I woke up in that moment. It's like, Oh, I really do need to like code switch between specific people. And like, mm-hmm. you know, I, since that moment and even before then, I would say this whole year, really, I'm like, I'm not really into being like a shitty, like bitchy gay person anymore. No, like I don't see that, that was that was so much fun for a time because it felt like powerful a, and it, it's superior helped. and elite. Yeah, yeah, and it you know I think as somebody who was viciously insecure for so many years, that platform made me feel good about myself, and I've only just recently become kind of aware of of it and am much more conscious of it, and I think in our group of friends and my group of friends outside of you, even like the prevailing sentiment is like, that's so ugly. And like, none of us want to be like that. And no, and I'm I'm happy and fortunate that we're all moving away from that. But I've been, I've bared witness Mm -hmm. to it now that I'm getting old. I've bared witness to like some younger gay folks in my life who I've, I literally like saw come out of the closet and then I watched them fall into that. And, a part of me wants to like shake them and be like, no, like be a sweet person. 
but I watched like very sweet people become kind of bitchy and just like, I'm like, oof, that's so gross. But you kind of have to let Mm. people like go on that journey on their own. It's just such a bummer. I think it's what I always think about is level of intelligence. Sarcasm to me is a key indicator of like how witty are you? And I think Mm -hmm. I like to surround myself with people who can be really quick. So part A, part B is enablement of friendships, meaning like, if you're being direct and spitting fire and people are supporting you that way, I think it can get carried away sometimes, especially for both of us who are very, we don't need Adderall. We don't need upper. It's like, we're already pretty up. We can get into a spiral of like keeping on going and just be being mindful of that's really important. But I, what I don't stand is people being outright rude about things that just don't really matter. Like, Oh, what are they wearing? Or Ooh, like, you know those kinds. Not, of, I don't. Need, I yeah. I don't need to go into that. Everyone knows what that looks like, but that I don't stand. Yeah, me neither. I think it's it's definitely a wildly pervasive symptom in the gay community. This like sense mm-hmm. of superiority. It's like you get a bunch of people who spent most of their life feeling like they were like pieces of shit and not good enough for anything. And the minute they get any sort of freedom, it turns inward, and we start to do it mm-hmm. to each other. And it's like such a sad, like part of gay life but what i'm fortunate for now and especially with our our crew is that like most of us are moving away from that kind Mm -hmm. of just like vibe it's just not fun and i think i don't know i think whilst we are part of mainstream gay gay life i i like that we are very much in denial of that of that being sort of the way we we want to live and and the way we want to do things and it's funny Mm -hmm. like I noticed it in our, even in our group of friends on early on this with certain people, there's like a sense of jealousy and competition. It's like, you know, you, you can't shake it so easily. You know, you can say like, Oh, I don't want to be a catty superficial gay person, but then it's like, but I still have all these triggers that I need to be X, Y, and Z. I need to be hooking up with the hottest people and going to the best parties and being invited to all the, the best 100%. things. And I've noticed in people that I've had this competitive energy with that we go there with each other in these dark ways. And I've only recently been like, pull, I've pulled it back because I'm like, damn, I don't want to do that. I love these people. Like, I don't want to, I don't care ways? about. Like, is it like I've, value for romance, like sexually, romantically? Is it yeah, like, I'm like smarter, I, you're smarter, I'm more successful. Like, what are the all, of the... all of that stuff I feel, while I have, you know, grown a lot, I still have the, like, residual mm-hmm. insecurity stuff there. And whenever I feel like someone is like outdoing me and that's natural, people should be doing better and worse than me at different times. But mm-hmm. I've noticed I get into a sort of fight or flight judgy zone of like, Oh, you know, if I'm threatened by someone's success in any realm of their life, Mm-hmm. There's a part of my lizard brain that goes into this competitive <laughs> mode where I'm like, yeah, but you're still a piece of shit because of X, Y, and Z. And like, it's all fake and whatever. And then I take a step back and I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to dull anybody else's shine. It's like, no. you know, the, the, the wind of success, like fills all of our sails. Like if any of us are doing good, we're all doing good. That's the one thing I think is good about our friendship group is like GLG is actually a thing. Like gaze lifting gaze yeah. is actually a thing on our friend group. Like we make a conscious effort to celebrate one another and like yeah. tell each other and support each other in the right ways, you know? Oh my god, I'm the, I'm the first person like if any of my friends start making out with somebody across the party, if you're like I like I'm like, Woo! 
<laughs> I'm literally just like pumping my fist. I'm like, get it, get your nut. I get so hyped for my friends whenever they're like, you know, macking on some dude. It's my favorite. But yeah, yeah. it's it's but it's a process, right? And it's it's been a growth thing and it feels really mm-hmm. good to be like, okay, like we can let all of that go. We can let all the bullshit go from each other and like just be friends and be happy for each other and like focus on our own glow up. You Honestly, you guys hype me up a lot. <laughs> well in a good way. It. In a good way. I feel like you guys are super supportive. But I think you guys do a good job of like I don't know. I feel like you guys are always so so supportive. That's not nice. I'm like, is this real? <laughs> um, well, what you should understand is that when you are being a pain in the ass, that we also are really quick to like knock oh you down. Gosh, you guys, I know when I'm getting too bossy, you guys always put me in a, like Austin. Relax, like you're being psycho. Because well, I can't get in my be- fits where I'm like, next party, next party, we need to go. Like, what is this? Like, I don't want to be here. And you guys are always like, hey, chill. This is fine relax yeah no for sure i think we do will we do the alston yeah and then you're like you're right you're right you're right you're right everyone's like did you take an adderall today it shows eek <laughs> eek oh well this has been an interesting one i wasn't actually sure where this particular conversation was going to go but i like that it naturally kind of ended in this idea of like letting go of all the like weird insecurities and shit with your friends and being able to, mm-hmm. like, have a, just a, a solid, solid core of peeps. Yeah, and right? I think for me what that means is letting go isn't letting go of of particular friendships in my mind. I think it's letting go of the insecurity that you shouldn't, like, you won't feel value from your friends. Like, let mm-hmm. go of that insecurity. Like, the people that love you and support you, they will be there, and you can show people your true self and you can show how you want to show up and those people will be around Mm -hmm. to lift you up glg baby and isn't that funny that like even when we find really good authentic friends we still fear this like sense that they won't value us for all the superficial things we thought people valued us for in the past uh constantly lose sleep over it oh bread break (laughs) one sec one sec i'll be right back Okay, well, we are at that time, the f- everyone's favorite point in the podcast. It's time to leave uh, the listeners, the world at large with a little bit of a blessing. Do you want to go first or should I? No, you go first. Okay, great. Um, my blessing this week is about... Shit, I just had it in my mind and now it's slipping. <laughs> I'm so dumb. Um, <laughs> fuck. Wait, I had a really good one. Basically, it was, it's coming. I'll go. My blessing is don't be afraid to grow. Don't be afraid to try things out. The people that are meant to be your friends will come. Mm, Yeah, I think reinventing yourself is not fake. And trying, like, pretending to be someone is not fake. Be fucking fake. You don't know if you're fake if you aren't fake. (laughs) <laughs> deep but no i think it's important to try on <laughs> new personas and, and, and as a way of understanding who you are if fucking lady gaga gets to reinvent herself every goddamn year so do you damn it Woo! but um no my actual blessing was more along the lines of and, and i feel like this is a similar blessing that i've had in other ones but it's about like using your words and talk especially with your friends as you get closer to people let them know when they've hurt your feelings don't take it as don't think it's a sign of weakness it's truly like like you said Austin like setting boundaries 
it's important. And like, if somebody hurts your feelings, if you don't tell them, they're not going to know because we love to joke around and be like fake catty, but it's, you know, you can cross the line. And I think on the opposite end of that, if somebody wow. tells you that they've, they've hurt their feelings, apologize and be like, I'm sorry, bitch. I love you. I didn't mean it. I was just being funny and I wanted attention and people to laugh at me or whatever it was. I recently had a friend call me after we were hanging out one night and he's like, I really want to apologize. I feel like I said some like overly bitchy shit last night. And he's like, I'm just really not trying to be that person. I literally almost started crying. I was like, wow, that took a lot for you to like get the balls to say. And I was like, number one, I don't even remember what you said. So like, it must not have been that bad. Be funnier. (laughs) But um, I was just like, this is great. Like that to me was a huge sign. I was like, this is somebody I'm keeping around because they voice to me. And I now I do it now too. It's like, if you think you've crossed the line with somebody, just let them know that you didn't mean to. And you know, your friends are your fucking as gay people. It's like some of us, that's all we have. Like, and you should really kind of nurture and be nice and, and sweet to those people. It's only going to get you closer. And when you do end up, you know, back at that back at parties again, when you look across the dance floor and that fucking person's like busting the choreo from a Missy Elliott video and you can Is be that much it? prouder. Let me work it. Yeah. <laughs> you could be that much prouder of them because you're just like a, such a tight, solid group. I love it. I'm obsessed with friends. Fuck boyfriends. It's all about besties. It's all about the besties. Oh my God, Cam, this is a great episode. This was fun. I can't wait to record in person. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We love you. Thank you for all the support and the kind messages. We see them. We love them. Don't forget to Mm -hmm. rate us or leave a review on Apple Podcasts, please. Yep, and... And slide into our DMs at wall underscore pod on Instagram. That's W-A-L underscore P-O-D. We want to hear from you. Tell us what to do. Tell us what you want to hear. Send nudes, whatever, dude. I'm open. Um, Yeah. And we're the lead photographer. We're looking for photographers to take our picture and stuff. We will pay you if you need to, but we'd love it if it was free. Um, Yeah, I'll pay you with a kiss. Yeah, we'll tag you. <laughs> no, <laughs> super informal. Got micro influence. It's a thing. <laughs> no, it would just. All right, we, we want to collaborate with peeps. We love you, Cam. We're so over time. No, it's fine. Remember, I took a bunch of breaks while I was making bread. Oh, right, that's true. Okay. Well, can anywho. We end it now, though? Yep, it's okay. over. That's it. Bye. <laughs> love you. Mwah.